you know, what's going on, UFC 281 breakdown. Man, a lot to digest, a lot. Well, we had two days to digest it. It was two days ago, Saturday, November 12th. Insane card, insane night of fights. I mean, had so many crazy things going on that night. It's just mad. It's just game-changing shit. Um, some rearranging, some changing. But, uh, yeah, we've got to start off the show with a sad note. Rumble, RIP to Anthony Rumble Johnson. Yeah, it's true. He passed away at the age of 38. And, man, that was crazy because we all kind of knew he was sick. You know, he would post stuff like in the hospital, not doing too good, prayers and prayers, all that, but not really a lot of details. I still don't really know everything that was going on, just that he had some kind of illness. 38 years old, and, man, this guy was so ferocious. I mean, it's just it's just crazy sad. I mean, it's like shocking and sad. I mean, the guy was just, I was, you know, him and John Jones never got that fight. He we, we wanted that fight at some point. I mean, just, I mean, this guy used to cut down from like 220, 200, whatever pounds, kind of like, you know, and cut all the way down to like 170 and fight, you know, and so drained. So he fought all, everywhere from welterweight to heavyweight, you know, Andre Orlowski had devastating power. I mean, Knocked out Glover Teixeira. I mean, two, he had a couple pretty good... He got good fights with DC. I mean, the guy was just a beast. Humble. Devastating power. Really nice. Like, you could just tell. Just not even, like, that killer type dude. Like, he wants to hurt you, but he just had ferocious power. You know, like, it was just crazy. But sad day. I mean, yeah, it, sucks for, I mean, it sucks for his family. Prayers to his family. You know, best wishes. And, yeah, it's just crazy. You never know. You got to... Enjoy every minute of life, you know, because anything could happen at any time. You know, get caught with some kind of illness. That, you know, we don't still don't know all the details, but you know, it's it, it was pretty quick. You know, like within a year or so, I would say. Like, I don't he's been sick for a while, but well, you know, it's a healthy looking dude. I mean, just specimen, always physical. You never know. So, I mean, thirty eight years old and RIP to to a great one. Yeah. So, yeah, let's go to these fights, though. I mean, we start from the bottom. I mean, honestly, it was a pretty, like, crazy card all the way. There was a lot of finishes. I didn't watch every fight, so I can't talk, speak on every fight. But, you know, but, I mean, I did watch as much as I could. I mean, I did see the first fight, Oberg versus Negum. Not going to work here anymore? No. Uh, <laughs> Negu Morono. I mean, I should have listened to Bruce Buffer's uh, pronunciation on that fight. But, uh, but yeah, Oberg, he trains with uh, City Kickboxing with Adesanya and Volkanovski, Dan Hooker, you know, all these guys. So he comes from a, a really well-known team, team of killers. And uh, he did. He showed out, man. He he came in. It was like, a, you know, they were, they were throwing bombs right away, and he kind of clipped them right away and kind of set the tone, like, you know, to show his power and mix it up well. And, I mean, he just, yeah, I think he laid him out the right hand, I want to say. And then he missed, I think, with the left when he was on the ground and then hit him with another right, this kind of almost under the RP. He was already, like, on all fours and just rocked him, and it was, it was game over, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, he looked super impressive right there. I mean, he was... Uh, he, he did a good job on that one. Represented City Kickboxing right off the bat. Then we had Arce Jackson. I did not watch that fight. So I'm saying I kind of, I mean, damn, I'm turning to a casual, I think. I didn't watch all the fights. I did go back and watch most of them. 
but I had to work that day, so I did miss some, and I watched all the pay-per-view live, but and some of the prelims. But I had to go back and watch all the finishes anyway. You know, I didn't. There's a couple fights I didn't get a chance to watch. So, but yeah, I, I did try. You know, I was. You know, I mean, I was doing my thing. <laughs> I just had to work. I had to make some money, and then I was resting up. And I fucked up because I got off at a decent time, but I took a nap. So that that just. Man, that just whenever you take a nap, you know, it just kind of wears you out a little bit. I don't know, and you're just kind of in a daze and not really all there, so kind of wrecked my shit a little bit. But yeah, then the next fight was uh, Trezano and Choi. Mike Trezano, that that fight was crazy. I mean, you know, Mike uh, missed weight by a couple pounds, like two and a half pounds or so, and uh, yeah, he uh, he. Oh wait, what happened here? Uh, shit, my bad. Let me see what the fuck. He had a pretty crazy fight with Troy. I mean, okay, this fight started with uh, basically a double knockdown. These guys came in guns blazing, throwing left hooks at the exact same time and caught each other at the exact same time, just like out of it. Like, you, you rarely see this, like kind of like Rocky, what Rocky Three was, right? Or no, Rocky Two when they just dropped each other and whoever got up. But they were both kind of like, not rocked, though. It was like a flash knockdown on both ends. Choi, I think, I think he was a little more rocked because a few more times in in this um, fight, like right away, it only went around, but it was just like guns blazing the whole time. You could tell every time. They were just throwing bombs when they would get in that range, that punching range, and Trezano was landing the bigger shots, and you could tell it was affecting Choi a lot more. Like, they were both landing, but you could tell Choi was still a little shook. And finally, this, uh, yeah, Trevano got the... He got the kill shot and ended up finishing him, you know. So, I mean, see right there, yeah. I mean, yeah, he got the knockout. Ref had to save him, Troy. But it was a good fight for both guys. I mean, they, they came in a guns blazing. I mean, it's just Trezano came in, killer be killed. You could just tell he had a little bit more power and was just, you know, doing it. You know, he just landed something big, and then it was done. I mean, he just landed a, just a, a bunch of, you know, like I said, he had him rock throughout that first round, then just fin- finished him off, and that was good. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a good, it, it was the best Trezano has ever looked. I think, you know, he always had the potential. It was in front of his home crowd too, so that was good for him. That, I mean, that that's gonna help boost him right there. Then we have Molly McCann, Meatball Molly, who lost her fight she got tapped uh, pretty quick i can't remember if it was the first or the, i think it actually might have been the beginning of the second but she basically got taken down and crucifixed she got in the crucifix position and just didn't have an answer for it there was at one point you know her arm i think she could have used that off arm and got out of it a few times but she just really i mean what was her girl's name oh aaron blanchett yeah she really did a good job anyway blanchfield aaron blanchfield sorry <laughs> yeah but, I mean, she she did a good job. I mean, you could tell she had control the whole time. I mean, definitely levels above Meatball Molly as far as uh, the grappling game, you know. But uh kind of sucks, I mean, this year. But, I mean, it was just, the, like, the worst matchup you could get. Let me see. Uh, let me put her in with the grappler just to test her. But the one good thing is, for, for Meatball anyway, you know, the, the silver lining is that it wasn't in front of her home crowd. We still got a big London card coming up in March with Usman and uh, Leon Edwards rematch and rumors of Kobe and Kamza. I don't know if that's for real or not, hopefully, you know, but have all these fights on that card. So, I mean, Patty will probably be on there. I mean, he's coming up, but coming up soon. I think, I think he, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fighting again. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's up for her? Who's next or anything with Meatball? But I think she could still 
be a star over there, get a favorable matchup. You know, she got, she, you know, tested herself against a grappler and lost. So now maybe give her something that she could showcase over there in London and remain a star with Patty, you know? So, I mean, I don't think it's that bad. She don't think she loses that much as long as, you know, I mean, she comes back strong the next time. She's still young, 23 years old. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see that her coming back real quick, you know what I mean? Like bouncing back and doing her thing. And then we had uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I didn't really watch this fight, but, um, yeah, that's Karolina. Okay, I didn't really watch this fight, but it was weird because I heard a lot about it, like it might be fixed, like something's up, you know, like because, like, I guess the general consensus was that she was going to win 29 to 28, right? So 29, 28 and uh, two rounds of one. And I guess that was the, it was just weird because like right before they gave the scorecards to like Bruce Buffer or Anik to give the Bruce Buffer or, Buffer or whatever to, you know, like read the winner, uh, like an official or a judge or whatever stopped them, got it back and like, hey, wait, wait, hold on. Let me check my card real quick or whatever the fuck. And then he scribbled out some shit, you know, and did, you know, added the one and whatever he did, you know, multiplied by three. I mean, I, who knows what he did. But and then he gives a scorecard back. And ultimately, they got the right decision from what I hear. I, like I said, I didn't watch this fight. But um, from what I hear, they got the right decision, 29, 28. But it was just a little weird. And I think they need to explain shit. You know what I mean? Like, UFC needs to come out. Like, Dana, he always does, in the press conference, plays dumb. Like, you think he didn't know about that? He probably was, like, yelling at motherfuckers. He was going probably crazy in the background when that was happening. He's going to be like, oh, I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was about. Like, he always kind of plays dumb in the press conferences and just gets away with that shit. Like, I'd be like, man, you're the president. How do you not know? You know what I mean? It's your job. You got to know everything. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. You're the face of this. You're the president. That's yeah, it's kind of that was a little iffy to me, you know, but uh, you know, that's Dana for you. So then, uh, who was the next fight? Oh, Frivola and Azatar, too, dude. Oh, that fight was ridiculous as well. That fight was like just yeah, I don't have any like footage or pictures about that fight, but I remember that was another barn burner where Azatar had not fought like in two years or something, like had a long layoff, and um. And he looked, you could tell, like, even I think DC said something about his time, he looked a little off. Like, he wasn't really engaged all the way or just a little step behind. And Frivola was just throwing heat from the start, man. He had that that fiery redhead thing going. He, he was throwing bombs and he, with bad intentions, and he was ready to go. Everything he was landing was just, like, solid as fuck and not wasted. Like, you know, he wasn't really, like, exerting too much energy. You know, he was just throwing bombs at the right when he would let go, you know, let off. They hit that certain range. I mean, all the it seemed like this whole card, dude. I don't know if it was Madison Square Garden or what, but like everyone was throwing bombs and just going for it tonight or for Saturday night, I should say. And uh, I mean that that that's, it made it entertaining for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, Frivola did look good. He ended up with a knockout. He freaking like knocked him out ugly. I'm another ugly knockout. All these guys, everyone should have got bonuses on this. I think if you get a finish or even you get that 50k or whatever, you know what I mean? Because it's like you make enough money off this type of card. I mean, yeah, just, just hook them up, dude, especially if they're all showing out like that. It's like, oh, wait, he had a little bit better knockout than him, so, uh, or this fighter, or, ah, eh, she didn't really finish her, she, even though she had the best performance or whatever, or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Any situation, it's like, dude, why do you have to judge, like, how they finish or how they do that? I mean, 
they're going all out and doing their thing. I mean, fuck, dude. Get, hook them up. Uncle Dana. <laughs> Give these guys a little extra 50, 75, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how much money, you know, they have to just feed extra, you know, shit like that. But I'm sure they're making a shitload. They're making a ton. They're, you know, so boatload. But, uh, yeah, so then uh, what was the next fight? I didn't watch the Petrovsky Thurman. I didn't watch that one at all. Yeah, Reyes and Span. Oh my God, dude, that was that was fucking devastating right there. I mean, God, it sucks to see Reyes. What happened to Reyes? You know what I mean? Like he just, I mean, Ryan Span. He, I mean, he knocked him out so bad. I mean, and you could tell like pretty much right away. It like as soon as he. They exchanged and Span landed anything on Reyes. He was instantly shook or hurt. Like, you know, maybe his disability is not to take a punch is that good right now after a couple of knockouts. But man, it was it was it was sad to see because it was so fast that he was hurt. And then I believe it was kind of like a jab left hook type situation where you know where he kind of like threw it, but at a different angle than just a straight fucking jab. You know, like turn it over a little bit with, you know what I mean, with the hip as well, generated, I mean, the guy's powerful. I mean, he had, like, before this fight, he had, like, 21 wins, 18 finishes, not all knockouts. He has a lot of submissions on his record as well, which he was thinking he was going to go for uh, Reyes' neck in this fight, but he ended up knocking him out first. And, man, it just sucks to see Dominic Reyes, how far how, uh, far he's fallen since the, the John Jones win, <laughs> like he likes to say. Like, you know, I think... It's kind of like, almost like Gustafson. You know, Gustafson was so close to beating John Jones. You know, although I do, like I said before, I, I do believe John Jones won that fight. But I think that's kind of his claim to fame a little bit and having a freaking war with DC and just a lot of good fights. I mean, Gustafson was a beast. He had a lot of skills, but but uh, yeah, a lot of bad luck as well. And uh, But uh, this, and I think Reyes is a little similar where he just, I mean, Ever since then, he kind of just went downhill. Like, I, mean, I know he's holding on to that. Like, he won that fight. And I've looked at the fight a few times. And, yeah, he definitely won the first three rounds, I think. And I think John Jones won the last two. But, uh, which, you can't leave in the judges' hands. You can't coast in the fifth round when you're the, especially when you're the challenger and you got, you're going against the legendary John Jones. I mean, I get it. It's a scoring system and all that. But I think you need to do a little more. It wasn't like he was wiping him out. He was just doing more and landing more. John Joe's a little complacent, and that was the best Dominic Reyes look. You know, was, ever since that, he's been downhill, and I don't know what's up for him, what's next. And he's got to take a lot of time off now and just get better everywhere, you know what I mean? Just get his focus right, you know, just, I don't know, just let his brain fucking rest too and recuperate because, yeah, that was just bad. I mean, span it's, you know, shit, give him someone big next time. I mean, I think the winner of Anthony Smith and, uh, and who's Anthony Smith fighting? I know he's fighting someone dangerous coming up. I'd have to look that up. But, yeah, give him someone with, you know, a name someone. You know, another one of John Jones' victims, you know, or some shit. You know, Anthony Smith, maybe Thiago Santos or something. You know what I mean? That'd be a good one just for name value alone. Johnny Walker or somebody. I, mean, I don't know. Walker's not ranked. I mean, I don't know. I think Span looks like he's pretty down to fight whoever, you know, and just keep climbing. So for sure he wants a top fight and he should get one after like a knockout like that. Former contender, you know, I mean, for Dominic Reyes, man, hopefully he could bounce back. He's training with Glover and uh, Alex Bahia. So, I mean, hopefully their team was 0-2 at 
at this point, they're 0-1, I believe. And then they ended up 1-2, so one the one that mattered. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah. so they had that one. That was, I think that was the last. Oh, there was Bradley Dale fought in the last, the last uh, prelim. I, I know he lost, but I can't remember what happened in that fight right now, honestly. Um, so, I mean, the, we got to go back to who was next on the, this main card, honestly. Um, oh, yeah, that's right, Hooker, Dan Hooker. He opened up. He was the pay per view opener, and it was so weird because that fight it was it was entertaining. You know, it was it was entertaining. These guys were scrapping like from the start, but I was even thinking like I was talking to my son about it. Like I I just don't understand why Dan Hooker and I could see why Reyes was complaining a few months back. Like he thought he should have been on the main card, even though you know you never know what's gonna happen in a fight. I mean, he got you know knocked out and all that, but I kind of see what they're saying because, like, Hooker's on a losing streak. He had lost, like, I don't know how many, five, six, maybe two this time. But, I mean, you know, he's he's had a lot of bad fights ever since the Poirier war. You know, I think that took a lot out of him. And, you know, he just, I don't know, maybe he just hasn't been the same since, you know. And, uh, and I like Hooker. I like his style. I mean, when he's on, he's on. He's, he's He always has pretty exciting fights, win or lose, you know. And, uh, I mean, his grappling has always kind of been his deficiency. But uh, he finished strong, man. He got the knockouts, Claudio... Camera was the name. Let me see. Uh, I got it right here. Oh, Puelas, yeah. Like, that was a good, I mean, it, it was, I don't know. I think they were trying to set up John Jones, I mean, uh, Dan Hooker to to showcase uh, Puelas, you know, but it just kind of backfired because, you know, Hooker looked great, you know, the best he's looked in a while and was able to pick him apart and, you know, just knock him out, TKO and, Another one, you know, another guy who showed out, you know what I'm saying? He came, you know, so I, I put City Kickboxing at this point, 2-0. But, um, yeah, you know what I forgot to talk about was Hanato Moicano's fight. He looked freaking good himself. Let's see, where is that? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, he's the one to fight Bradley Burdell. Yeah, that's another guy who needs a big fight, I think, Moicano. You know, because that, that was a good fight right there. He, he did really well. You know, he's a dangerous guy, too. I mean, he just, you know, there's no... He lost to some great, uh, good fighters, you know what I mean? So, I mean, so, but that he definitely deserved a match coming on short notice and just destroying. And he had a good freaking after post fight, the uh, post fight speech, you know, just talking shit. Joe Rogan, you're the man. I watch you every fucking day. And, you know, just going off and just having, he was just pumped, man. I mean, which is good. He needed that too, you know? So, yeah, the hooker. Oh, then the next fight, dude. I don't, oh my God. Hooker and, uh, I mean, uh, Frankie Edgar and Chris Gutierrez, man, that fight was so sad to see. I mean, I just, my thoughts on that fight is they could have found Frankie Edgar a more opponent almost like on his way out. This is his way out. This is his, he already kind of said, this is my last fight. This is a retirement fight. And for them to just, I didn't even want to put a post or put a picture up of the knockout. I mean, you could kind of tell it's not, it just wasn't the same Frankie in there. I mean, just strategy-wise, it seemed like he was more on the hunt and going after uh, uh, Gutierrez and just kind of in his face and just, you know, cutting off the cage, which don't get me wrong, he does a lot of cutting off the cage stuff, but he's really way more tactical with his footwork and moves his feet so much that when you do set to punch or whatever, he's already out of there. And, like, now you see him, now you know. Like, damn, where'd he go? You know, he's over here lighting you up, you know. Or hitting you with some shots, peppering or whatever, you know, just so it's just sad to see when 
He just was not doing the things Frank, what he's known for, was his great footwork and boxing and just fans. And, and yeah, I mean, they should, and this guy's young, hungry, didn't have the most respect. You know, he didn't really care. Like, well, Frankie Edgar, oh, fuck Frank. You know, he didn't care, dude. Like, he was like, he was motivated. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like, you know, and now he got to put a legend on his record. Nothing against Gutierrez for sure. I mean, he's a young guy. You know, he's not a matchmaker in there. It's his job to take fights, make money, do all those things. So no, nothing against him at all. I mean, he fought great. I mean, he looked good. The ultimate, that last knee was just beautiful. It set him up for it. And he had already rocked Frankie a few times. Every time he gets touched, he was kind of was getting hurt. And I mean, honestly, that's another thing I was talking about was I don't think this weight cut going down to 135. I know he was always undersized at lightweight, undersized at featherweight. You know, he's just an undersized guy no matter what weight he's going to be at. But you get to 135, you know, it's like if now he's actually cutting weight and more drained, and he's had a lot of knockouts. So it's I just don't think that's a stronger – I don't think that's a better thing. I think it's better for the guys to move up. They might not have so much power moving up, but at the same time they have the speed, and speed is power. So it's like if you move down, you're depleted. You're just not being able to re recover or take damages like you can. You know, your brain's just not recovered. I mean, when you're – like you're basically weighing that weight for 20 minutes or whatever and just trying to come back to life and rehydrate and do, you know it's kind of I, I just don't think it's a winning uh, smart recipe i think they should fighters should move up more instead of trying to move down like well i'm a bigger guy i'm stronger but it's like are you really though if your weight drained i mean you're gonna feel like shit if you feel like sick and you know just there's a lot of factors and a lot of chance there with the weight cut did you have a perfect weight cut where you just feel amazing i mean Probably not, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. I just think that's, that's sad. It's sad that to see, like, well, I got to go down, go down, you know, but, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, farewell to Frankie. I mean, he had an amazing career, legend, you know, beat so many fucking names. You know, I have so many wars, and, I mean, it, it's just sad to see what, at the end of his career, but, but, you know what, it, it is what it is. People end as a fight game, and <laughs> the UFC did not do him any favors in his, uh, that's fight. That's for damn sure. So I mean, that was that was a quick. That was just like fuck, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, that was just fucked up. But yeah, then uh, that brings us to the fucking uh, Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler. I mean, what could the fuck we say? This was obviously like fight of the year, freaking material. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. There's no way around this. I mean, that first round was at least round of the year. Maybe not whole fight of the year, but definitely round of the year. You had to be on the edge of your seat with that. Chandler always brings it. You know, always he comes out guns blazing, throwing heat. And he had success early. And I, I kind of knew, like, when he had success early with that right hand that he was going to get, like, almost right hand happy. Like, I'm just going to keep. Oh, you can't even see right there. Yeah. Like, just a little. Just I'll try to get a little capture, a little bit of the what happened in this fight because so much shit happened and fuck every every round you know it was just insane but um but yeah he definitely Chandler brings it right out the gate you know he's a thoroughbred you know he's not gonna sit here and just like do you know as soon as he had success he was getting right hand happy and game plan out the window like he just wanted to hit Dustin he had him up against the cage but I don't think he had him as hurt as he thought he did you know because Dustin obviously he's durable himself and he looked fucking huge in there I was like, man, you just lost to a welterweight, dog. You know, like, Poirier looked like a freaking welterweight in there. You know, to me, he looked huge. 
But besides that, he always has been durable. You know, he could take a shot and he could roll with the punches nice with his Philly flat shell defense, boxing, and then comes back with combos. You know, he don't just throw one punch at a time and everything has power. So he fights his fights his way out of bad situations, but also always stays composed. That's the one thing. He don't get rattled too much. And I don't think uh, Chandler literally hit I mean, I think he had him hurt a few times, but he was throwing a lot of winging punches and it was allowing uh, Poirier to kind of block those and also just counter and here and there, you know. So that was like crazy. I still think Chandler was winning the whole first round up until like about 40, 45 seconds left. And then uh, Poirier cracked him. And, you know, that's another thing. Like we say about Oliveira's chin and just getting cracked all the time. Like, like Chandler's almost, he gets cracked a lot too in his fights and it sucks. You know, it's like he gets hit a lot. I don't think he has, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he had the chin for that style. He has the cardio, he has the stamina, he has the heart, he has the everything else. But I think it's just, you know, once your chin and you hit that button, you just don't have that for that toe to toe type rock em, sock em style that Poirier can do. I mean, you know, he's. You know, he usually wins those fights. You know what I mean? Like, freaking Eddie Alvarez, those are wars. Justin Gagey, it's a war. If you're just going to stand and trade with him. I mean, his boxing's so slick, so good, crisp. I mean, man, he just has power on both hands, mixes it up with kicks. I mean, yeah, he's he's a beast on the feet. So I wouldn't, you know, that was the one thing. It was just like, man, can Chandler stick to his game plan for the whole freaking, you know, the whole fight, you know, for three rounds? And I, <clears throat> I... I was leaning DP before when my picks on this fight, but, and by a third round, I was thinking TKO, but he ended up getting a third round submission. But this, this fight right here, man, I was, I don't know. I was just, I was on the fence. Obviously, like I said, it was like 51, 49. It was close as fuck. I was saying a draw, you know? I mean, I could see that even like a 10, eight round and then losing the next two. I mean, I could see that because Chandler always comes out guns blazing and he wasn't winning that round. Then he lost it. But if he had just, you know, stuck with some wrestling where he's better at, you know what I mean? Like, like, why not get that takedown with, like, a minute left instead of still going balls to the wall and on the feet? I know he had success and all that, but Dustin's not the type of guy, other than, like, Connor, who caught him probably when he was way drained at 145, you know, not to take anything away from the knockout. I mean, he caught him clean, but Poirier usually does take a good shot. You know, he's not going to just go away like that, so... I don't know. I just felt like that was just poor strategy. And just, I get it though. Chandler, once you get hit and it's like game plan goes out the window and himself. So, I mean, that kind of messed it up. If he could have got through the wrestling, he went out that first round. Cause the second round, like, like soon as he got rocked, he, he literally got saved by the bell. You couldn't even hear the damn bell. It was so loud at Madison square garden. But, but I mean, he literally did get saved by the bell, you know, like in that, in that first round. So I was even thinking, oh, my God, it's over. Like, there's, I mean, fuck, I mean, he got rocked. How is he going to recover from that? And second round, he does, he basically Khabib's him, you know. He takes him down and controls him, does some damage, tires him out. Like, Dustin looked really tired when he got up, body language-wise, after that second round, and uh, Chandler dominated. Could it only be, you could almost say that was a 10-8 round, you know. I don't, I didn't see the scorecards, but pretty sure they didn't. But he pretty much controlled him the whole round, you know, big-brothered him, and and I think, okay, so you're thinking, okay, third round, he might maybe tire himself out. I don't know. Kind of like with the Oliveira, like um, when they fought and there was a lot of grappling and ground and pound and just, you know, craziness going on. Chaos, basically. So maybe that's, and this too, maybe, you know, he just, he, it took a lot out of Poirier, but it took some out of him as well. Maybe he was taking it off the gas a little, and I don't know. It's just hard to say. I mean, it's, 
because he is that guy who's always going to go for the finish or always go for something exciting, like picking him, picking Poirier up a couple of times and slamming him when you could just get the takedown and use a little less energy, you know, but he would still do that extra to, you know, emphatically, you know, like take him down. So it's like, you know, showman, you know, he's a showman. You know, if he would have won, he was going to do five backflips. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just who he is and explosive athlete incredible athlete amazing just just the game plan you know it's like if you could have stick to that that's the one thing that made gsp so great like could he out strike or stand and bang with every guy out there like when he fought Thiago alves like he turned to wrestling quick like he, as soon as he found a leg kick i think right away boom he's taking him down and with that blast power double spear type goldberg takedown you know perfect impeccable timing as well so that, that was how he won that fight. But strategy, like, I don't care what anyone thinks, you know, I'm going to take this guy down and why well, stand and give him that chance, you know, as if you're so much better at that in that area. So ultimately he got cracked again a few times, you know, but always bringing it. And then uh, I think he obviously got tired as well. And there was some cheating involved too. Well, like there was fish hooking. <laughs> there was like, he was basically pouring blood on him. You know, like out his nose, because I think his nose got busted, broken. So that was just a bloody mess, just pouring out. And some people said he was trying to spit it in Poirier's mouth. I seen some some uh, tweets about that. So I'm not. I got. I did watch the fight like twice, but I didn't really pay attention that closely on that and like zoom in and shit and see. But same time, like he did admit that his hands got into his mouth. And here's basically what Poirier was saying. He's trying to pull his face so he could get the the arm in tighter to get the squeeze of the rear naked. But um, but I mean I don't know if that I mean he was doing that. I think at that point everything's so bloody. Maybe he's just trying to get a grip of anything, you know, and not like he's just like, oh, I see that. I'm gonna grab that and do it. I mean, you know, it's, you're in war as well, so maybe he was just you know he's fighting for his life, you know, type thing because he did get rocked a couple times and just was trying to grab and do whatever he could, you know, who knows, who knows what that mindset was. I mean, but yeah. So I yeah, afterward that the fire party was like, you're a dirty motherfucker, you know, like, but you know, you got to still respect him. Cause I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right, Sean O'Malley, just kidding, man. <laughs> but yeah, without your, with all your fence grabs. Nah, but, um, but I don't know about this. I mean, I, I it's like kind of like, damn, Chandler, like he's two and three. He, he, uh, like could have been five and zero in the UFC right now, like with even either all finishing or dominating performances. I mean, I, I was, I'm, I'm happy for Poirier. I like both fighters, but I do feel bad for Chandler because I did want to see that match. I feel bad for the fans too because I want to see him against Makachev. Like that particular matchup, I would favor Makachev against DP. I would favor Makachev, you know, just because of the wrestling. 
You know, like you could tell, like there's, I won't say a deficiency because obviously he ended up tapping him. You know, like a GP tapped Chandler in the third round. So I mean, he was able to. They're all slippery and all that bloody and shit, and he was still able to. I think a lot of it too was also that Chandler was gassed. You know, and you know, and then when they had a scrambling position, uh, Poirier ended up on his back immediately, got in a body triangle like effortlessly, a nice transition to that. And uh, and just started squeezing. I think Chandler was kind of in that place where he was tired as fuck, couldn't really breathe or fight it off, and ended up getting tapped quick. And had it never been submitted, Chandler had never been submitted. You know, only TKO'd or whatever, but he had never been submitted. And uh, Dustin Poirier was the first to do that. So I just feel like the matchup wise, it would have been nice to see the wrestling, the explosive wrestling of Chandler. I still think if it went past three rounds, it'd be Islam all day, but. I just think those first two rounds, he could probably land something big or do some serious damage to Islam as well. But I mean, who knows, man? Now we won't know, I guess. You know, we're gonna have to wait to find out what's up now, what's next, and all that. I'll get into that later after we finish this card off. But yeah, I mean, a crazy fight, amazing fight of the year candidate. Definitely, like I said, the first round is round of the year. Poirier triumphs. You know, he gets the finish. He was the bigger dog in this fight, and. And he just dug dug deep and just because he ate some shots too. So, I mean, got taken down and just refused to lose mentality. And, you know, that's that style where he can just stand and bang and, and do that. I think Char, uh, Chandler don't have the chin for it. I mean, really, like, he's just more explosive looking for that one punch. It's like, why stand in that pocket range where you could get uh, hit with combos, you know what I'm saying? It's like just be a sniper from the outside because you could tell the speed, explosiveness, everything just advantage for Chandler in that fight. Poirier's a little not as fast, you know, but he's accurate and he hits hard, so, and he has good timing and all that. So, I mean, and like he says, the rhythm, the rhythm of it, you know, so rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> yeah, so, man, that it was an incredible fight. I don't know what's next for both guys. Uh, probably another video on that. But uh, some more thoughts on that one. And that brings us to who's that? Oh, shit! That brings us to the main, the main, or no, the co-main, which is Asparza versus Weili Zhang. Zhang. And uh, yeah, what can I say that fight? I mean, man, this was the battle of. Carlo just got the uh, won the belt back after eight years of of uh not having the belt after she lost it. Um and now to Joanna actually. So it'd been eight years she climbed her way back to get to the title fight, beat Rose arguably. I mean, really like I said, both of those fighters should have got a loss in that fight. One of the worst fights ever, especially for a title fight, Rose and I mean, everybody knows. Rose and Asparza are the worst fucking fight ever. I mean, Derek Lewis is like, no, nah, fuck that. We were worse. <laughs> Derek Lewis and Naganya. But, uh, but um, yeah, so now Wei Lee literally dominates. But, you know what? Honestly, Carla did a lot better than I thought she did. I mean, she, I thought she was. I think that everyone thought she was going to do. Like, she had some decent scrambles, and it was, like, just a little short on a, cert a couple of those scrambles where – she could have totally ended up on top in a dominant position. Like even one time I think she went for maybe a, she was on top and then tried to go for a snap down with the head or it was even maybe a guillotine or something like that where she was about to get up on top and then, but 
Wei Li just showed her scrambling and explosive and strength, really, to just outmaneuver her, outmaneuver Carla and out wrestle. Somewhat, it was more, it was just she was a little bit slicker and faster and able to just get there faster than Carla. Carla was just like a little step behind in the speed and, and just like explosiveness power of it or the flow of it, you know, because like she was right there. Like on certain things, you know, it would have been a little bit of a quicker attack, but she was more on the defensive as well. Because Whaley, you know, she does come out aggressive. She comes out like she's do, do, like, you know, she's ready to throw some bombs immediately or clinch or whatever the hell happens, you know. So I mean, she did some nice ground and pound and landed some big shots on Carla when she got on top. And uh, Carla was just overwhelmed. I thought overmatched a little bit in the ground game, and just the strength game probably and everything game, you know, but. Obviously, not as big of a threat on the feet, so it's kind of tougher to set up takedowns when you don't have the hands to set it up or or get that distance. You know, when you're just gonna dive down and and get it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was a good it was entertaining fight as long as it did last. Then Whaley ends up getting the the rear naked choke finish, but um, and then she, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she looked great. I mean, she looked fucking ready. You know, she looked good everywhere. So, I mean, I just, now, so she's the, now, she, so Carla was a two-time champ, and now Whaley's a two-time champ, so, so I know everyone's talking about her and Rose, give Rose a chance to be the, if she's been a two-time champ, or no, no, she's a three-time champ, <laughs> no, yeah, but I don't, honestly, I don't even want to see that fight right away, I would like to see Whaley and, and Amanda Lemos, honestly, from last week. She looked good. Let's get some new blood out there. I don't think Rose should get a title shot after losing the way she lost to Carla. You know, I mean, maybe they can make them rematch, you know, because they didn't really fight that that time anyway. So why not make Carla and Rose do it again? You know, then they could, whoever wins that was right back in contention or whatever, you know, unless Joanna comes back. But I don't see why Rose would get a – I know she beat her. You know, arguably there was an argument there – for a case for Whaley winning that second fight with her takedowns and control for at least two of the rounds for sure. But uh, either way, I mean, you got to take it from the champ. I get all that. But, uh, and the, the, you know, the record book shows what it is, two wins for Rose. So she always going to have that there. But like I say, don't give her a title shot off that performance, I don't think. You know, so I say Rose and Carla again. But Lemos, I'm out of Lemos. She looked freaking... She's just as ferocious. She has power. I mean, it'll be a stand-up battle, honestly. That would be nice. I think Wei Lee might have to go to the wrestling with that one just because Lemos has some serious power and accurate, and she's a little bigger, too. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Wei Lee's about 5'4". Was Lemos about 5'6", maybe? I don't know, but she definitely has, she's definitely got some thick legs and good Muay Thai. So, and a lot of power, so she proved that in her last fight. So, uh, with her win over Rodriguez. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, like I said, what's next is going to be a whole other <laughs> fucking video because for all six of these these main eventers and co-main, the Cocos, the whole main card, really. So, yeah, that brings us to the last fight of the night, which was, you know, fucking insane. Insane in the membrane. You know, started off, I mean... Uh, pretty crazy, the fight. I mean, how to even start with this fight here? Uh, Arasanya. Arasanya vs. Pareja. Pareja. Poetan. Alex Poetan. Pareja. Uh, 
fucking sniper. Oh, man, this guy. What a fight it was, though. It was pretty crazy. I mean, I can't lie. I mean, it started off really, like, really a lot of, it was kind of leg kick happy, to be honest. Like, both these guys landed, like, I think double-digit leg kicks in that first round. Alex was, like, 13-ish or 14, I mean, and just those low calf kicks, too. So it was, like, every, what the one thing I noticed in this fight was that every time, like, uh, almost every time, Adesanya switched over to the orthodox positions, uh, stance, that uh, Alex Bahia would come with a leg kick right on that leg, that lead leg, because he kind of does sit a little heavy on that leg, and then he tries to bounce out in and out, or side to side, I should say. But he got cat- cracked right there, uh, like I said, 13. 14. I mean, that's high-level kickboxer's kick as well, you know, and that shows a lot of toughness for Adesanya as well, for being able to eat all those leg kicks all the way up until the fifth round when it, it affected him, you know, that when he actually felt the effects where he was compromised by it. You know, he got that little, uh, like, sciatica-type thing in his, his leg. It's not called that, but I can't remember what it's called, but where the nerve is just, you know, like, it, you, you just lose, like, you know, the ability to the muscle movement and everything in there. You don't have control over it. You know, like, that nerve's damaged, and you're just, you know, that's crazy. That's happened to Cejudo. That happened to Michael Chandler, actually, too, in Bellator. It's happened a few times, you know, and you can tell it must happen to Izzy in here. Because I think it must have been because he threw a right leg, he threw a, a le- right leg kick, and Bahia like checked it, kind of. He lifted his leg up, but kind of like moved his leg out as well, you know. As he, like, I can't really do it with my hands, obviously, but he 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 just lifted his leg back, but also turned it a bit, so it would turn into like you're hitting shin on shin. But I think it was the plant foot because that's his league leg that he kept getting hit kicked with. You know, I think that's the one when he was trying to plant, kind of like Connor when he went back to plant and shit snap. I think that was similar to this, where that was a leg for the when he planted that kick, and you know, just boom, he didn't have the power to to just have his legs there, so he rolled back, and then yeah, then that was pretty much the freaking beginning of the end right there. I mean, that's when. Oh, actually, you know, well, let me get back, let me backtrack a little bit here, because the first round was, you know. Was I thought it was pretty even, but I felt like Pajaya was pushing him back, and he was landing bigger shots. He might have landed a foot head kick type shit. He landed a lot of leg kicks, like I was saying, a lot of power. You know, he was a little busier in that round. All until the last, like, five seconds when Izzy just landed a nice fucking right hand on him, which just basically folded him over like a fucking launch chair. He was, you know. But, and then a left hand right after it, right? Like, technically, right after the bell, like, ding, boom, you know. But, like I said, that place was so freaking loud, you couldn't even hear a bell for one. But I think he started the technique right before the bell. And, you know, it's kind of like a ding, bing, you know. Like, not like he threw it. Like, it wasn't like Jose Aldo, you know, cracked Chad Mendez. Like, like bell, ding, Mendez drops his hands, boom. You know, basically, that changed the whole fucking fight, you know, which I thought this did. You know, I thought the fight was over at that point. I was like, me, everyone was like, oh, fuck, dog. Like, cause I, I mean, I had picked Pajaya, you know, by knock, by TKO or knockout or whatever. And uh, I just, man, so I could be like, I told you so. Because everyone was picking Izzy. You know, but I said, there's no way this guy is going to be able to stay away from that power for five rounds. You know, and all that cumulative damage with the leg kicks, body kicks, and just hard ass. He goes to the body. He rips that body with punches and kicks. So, I mean, and knees. Like, every time they're up in the, like, he's throwing uppercuts 
you know, to the body. He was throwing nice knees, like quick as those Muay Thai fighters or kickboxers. Man, they got those quick ass knees in close too. Big as fuck, tall ass guy, six four, in close too, and landing these quick ass knees all accurate and just doing damage. You know, he's basically breaking them down for five rounds. So I mean, it's like shit, breaking each other down though. Because I mean, out of sign, they did a lot of good stuff in there. And you see from that punch, like he he cracked him, and I thought it was over. I was like, man, he comes out strong in the second round. Puts it on him, lands another big shot like that. It's, I think he's done. You know, he was rocking. You could tell pretty much from that round up until the fifth, you know, or maybe like mid-fourth to the end of the fourth, you could tell Pajaya was just not really engaging as much. He was, you know, he was reacting to every little thing. I think they, the commentary team even, like, uh, picked up on it and said something. I mean, it was kind of obvious. Like, he was like, boom. It was just like, oh, damn. Like, he was just, he was that much behind as far as the speed, I think. You know, but he was still always accurate, and that's the thing. I, that was the thing I did when I did my picks. When I picked Perea, was I was talking about his accuracy, and I think this was just proof in this fight that he was able to get this accuracy. I mean, he was able to hit so many shots on Adesanya that we don't normally see. You know, I mean, we don't normally see these shots like this. I mean, this is like right hand, left hand. I mean, he was landing head kicks, you know, he landed all kinds of shit that we don't normally see on Adesanya that no one else is landing on him. And he has a lot of power, like I said, and accuracy. And this is kind of, this whole sequence right here is basically the beginning of the end where, you know, it was right after when like, uh, you know, Adesanya was compromising his leg from all the leg kicks and everything else. And when he rode back is right after that, you can kind of tell he just wants like, Pahaya came out freaking, you know, after, like, he got a crazy-ass, like, fourth, between the fourth and fifth round speech, almost like that whole Rocky-type speech again that Leon Edwards got, you know, kind of like, it's do it's down, you know, like, do or die time now. You got one round. You could be the champion. You could do this. You got power. You got to let go. You got to, what is that, let it go. <laughs> you see those frozen memes yeah, and all that little video they put out? But, yeah, because that was something, uh, Adesanya had said in the build-up, like, I'm going to leave him frozen like Elsa, you know. So, yeah, now, <laughs> so they was like, they're saying all their shit, right? So, and I guess right before he came out on that fifth, he said whatever in Brazilian, like, I must kill you or I'm going to kill you or something like that. And he came out and just did, man. He came out and took over, put a lot more pressure. And I think Izzy, like, if he could have got a takedown early in that round, I think, but hey, it could have been done because he was fucking gassed. That fourth, he did get a second win a bit though, right? At the end of the fourth round, he looked a little fresher. Like he had a little bit more bounce in his step and he was gaining a little more confidence and starting to let go a little more. <coughs> so I kind of knew, all right, he's the fresher fighter right now going into the fifth. So, I mean, that, so that gave him a lot more confidence right there. I think if Izzy had really caught him or was able to take him down, that would have been game over. You know, I mean, he was up, Izzy was up 3-1. I had him up 3-1. You know, uh, Pajaya was winning the first, I thought, until he got rocked. And in the second round, he won. He had the takedown at the end, and he put him on him a little more. You know, he let go a lot. Third was all Izzy. You know, he basically just khabib him, you know. Didn't let him do anything, smothered him. He couldn't get up. And then the fourth round was kind of even, really. But so Izzy landed better shots, you know, and was elusive. And really, Pajaya was still, I think, I think he was still rocked for a long time in that fight. I think he was barely starting to get his wind and his his head back, you know, from that because he did get cracked right at the end of the first. So, but yeah, he just came out on the fifth guns blazing, bringing pressure, you know, doing his thing, man. And he landed a big shot, that sequence. I mean, you know, he landed a big right hand and then that kind of, you know, is the instincts always to 
you're going away from that power, but you know that you know he always just throws these short fucking lefts out of nowhere and just generates so much power with the hip. He's throwing from the hip, you know. He's throwing from down here, like ooh, 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 you know. He's throwing from way down here, so it's just boom, you know. And it's, and it, it just rocked him. I mean, that left. I mean, just re, basically rearranging his face, you know, style bending his face, kind of so to speak. No disrespect, but shows how tough Izzy is too, because. He was still at the very end. That's what I'm saying. It does. It could, it could be a controversial stoppage. I don't want to say controversial because, I mean, your the ref's job is to protect the fighter, and he didn't have his hands up. You know, he he was just kind of out of it. He was getting rocked, hit with big shots, and like I said, the accuracy of uh, Pahea is just fucking. I mean, it goes back to the video I said. I mean, the guy kicks soccer balls and shoots it with an arrow. That just shows how accurate he is with this thing and. With his striking, it, it translates, you know what I mean? It's hand-eyes, darts, it's whatever you're good at like that, free throws. I mean, all that stuff translates to even just throwing a punch and landing, hitting the target, you know, basically. And, you know, keeping your eyes there. And uh, I could see I could see what Adesanya was saying. He was on aerial earlier. And that's exactly the thing I was saying, you know, during like, after the fight. That I thought, you know, he could probably still see from there, you know, like ducking and weaving. It kind of reminded me of... Uh, when Oliveira got rocked in the first round against Michael Chandler, and Chandler's just trying to unload on him, and he was just kind of just ducking and dodging his head. Same thing with uh, Poirier. When Poirier had uh, him rocked, he was just kind of, you know, just, you know, just moving his head. But was he in trouble? Fuck yeah. I mean, one more of those big-ass bombs. You know, I kind of would have liked to see the kill shot, you know, not because I want to see Adesanya get knocked the fuck out or anything like that, but just so there's nothing open for, like, all right, well, I didn't, you know, the referee stopped it. I wasn't really that hurt, but that's what he's already kind of saying, like, that he wasn't, which, and right away he did immediately protest. Like, he was kind of like, hey, what the fuck? Like, I'm okay, but it just the aesthetics of it, too. You're up against the cage, the way he fell down, because he fell down kind of ugly right before that, before the refs jumped in, because Izzy actually made him miss a couple shots, and I think that last right hand did catch him as Mark Goddard came in and stopped it. I think that one last right hand did catch him, but... Not like a, a, as flush because he was moving, but uh, he was definitely on skates. He was definitely hurt. He was like kind of fumbling and falling over the cage, you know. So I mean, tripped over the fucking monster logo or something. No, no, but but yeah, I mean, it was an incredible fight. It was a good fight, man. The, all this whole card was pretty sick. Like I said, this definitely delivered more than the two eighty card, which I thought everyone was hyping that up for the best card of the year. I thought this one right here was even be way better. It was even better, way better. I thought, and it delivered. Which is, you know, pretty awesome. A lot of pay-per-views don't always deliver. Usually the fight nights were the hungry fighters, you know, the ones who aren't getting the 50K bonuses, you know. So it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, this fight's crazy. There's so much to talk about as far as what's next for each of these guys. I mean, they're talking, obviously, immediate rematch. Pori, I mean, uh, Adesanya, of course, you know, deserves that. He's wiped out the division kind of. You know, so it's, I mean, <laughs> and then who knows what's a good matchup for Pahaya. I mean, his wrestling, I mean, somebody like a Marvin Vittori or Derek Brunson, one of these guys, if they don't get hit with anything big, maybe take them down and dominate them. I mean, it's just, there's so many crazy matchups. Now, Kamzad's uh, yapping, and they're going back and forth, and he's just kind of like, I'll, I'll fuck you up, too. I, you know, I don't care who I fight, you know, because Pahaya's fucking huge. Like, he cut down from, like, 230 you know, to fight at 185, and then he, I think, bloomed back up to, like, 220, like, or 215, 220, and shit like that. It's, that's just crazy. It's like, imagine him at 205. He's a huge. You know, I think he'd be good there, too. You know, there's a lot of guys, not a ton of, like, crazy wrestlers there like that. 
think him and Yuri. I think that's fucking fight. That's a super fight right there. Assume if Yuri gets past, uh, well, even if he doesn't, but I say if Yuri gets past Glover, I say make that fight, man. That'll be your teammate, coach, mentor. That you could come revenge if Yuri is able to win again, you know, which he might be able to. You know that that war might have took some off of Glover. It was it was, it was he took a lot of big shots. Both those guys did. So I mean that's that's another crazy fight coming up. But, uh, that's another video too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much wraps up uh, two eighty one. I mean, it was a crazy card. Like I said, it was insane night. I mean, it was I had so much fun. So I watched it with my two sons, homie Rob. Shout out. We having our podcast soon. And talking about the fights too, very passionate. And yeah, but uh, yeah, man, I just yeah, I can't wait to <laughs> what's gonna see what happens next with these guys. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's about fifty minutes. That's not bad. Shit, that's a couple of videos. It's a couple of videos. I need I needed that time to see here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, oh, you know what? I did forget one right here. I'm gonna put this in here real quick because I forgot to. I forgot one little slide right here. And you, yeah, it was crazy, man. So fast too. Three fights to the title fight. Three fights in the UFC. Brock Lesnar, I think, got it after one or two, and then you know he got three. It's like, man, it's crazy. Comzat's not even there yet. This guy has even. Bigger, faster fucking rise than even Kamzat. So, like kind of Connor though. Connor got it after four fights. So, he's right there. Three fights. But a champion though. That's crazy. Just the matchup though. Because, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who could get, get this guy problems for sure. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know. I, there's too many. There's there's not. Uh, there's a lot of wrestlers in that one actually. But, but that's a great fight. That was a good one. Congrats. Tupowatan. Wait, what the fuck happened? Oh, yeah, so that's it. UFC 281 breakdown. Go to the channel, like, subscribe. Schizo Jitsu, Schizo Radio on Spotify. See ya. We don't want to be ya. Till next time.